1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Story Box, where I, your host, Jay Phantom, has the utmost privilege and honor to unbox the amazing stories of some incredible people from all walks of life and experiences. I'm delighted and grateful that you're here today. Now, let's dive into the Story Box and hear more about our guest today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Storybox podcast and have I got an episode for you. For all of you that love gaming, then this one is definitely one that you guys are going to enjoy because I have Cody and Cole Hock on the Storybox podcast today. Now, these are two brothers that have started something called Up North Management Group and they are the leading talent management firm representing top gamers and esports creators and streamers and professional athletes with a passion for the digital space. Some of their recent clients and work include partnerships with massive brand names like Samsung, Nesquik, Doritos, Smile, Direct Club, Gatorade, Bauer, LG, Oculus, Clinique, and even Heinz. I'm sure every single one of you have seen Heinz or used it in the past. Some of their clients as well, my friends, is, is like Formula Noisy Butters, Nix, Random, uh, 1%, Coconut, Bra. These are massive YouTube uh, stars. And they, these two brothers, uh, their story is incredible. And you're going to hear all about it very soon. But uh, I don't want to spoil anything in this introduction. But what I will say is I think you guys are really going to enjoy what they have to say. They're young guys. They're making uh, an impact in the industry, and they're doing a lot of different and amazing things. So I highly encourage you guys to please share this one around to all your friends and family members. Pass it forward to those people that you think might need to hear uh, these young men' encouraging story. And while you're at it, uh, you can also watch this full interview on YouTube. Uh, the links for those will be available in the show notes. Uh, You can also subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts or basically anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Please leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts too. That goes a long way in helping support Storybox and also getting these amazing stories out there to more people. So with that being said, my friends, let's dive into Storybox and hear Cody and Cole's story. Thank you. Thanks for having
2: us. appreciate it.
1: It's an absolute pleasure to have you both here. Like I was saying to you guys before, I've never had anyone that is involved in the top level gaming space. Um, I'm personally not a gamer, although my younger brother, he's a he was a diehard gamer. He tried to start his own YouTube channel. so But I do have a massive appreciation for the the space and um, I do have a massive fascination for it too. But before we dive into, I guess, how you got started in all this, I have one question that I, I love asking people and that is... What does success look like to you? So I think we'll start with Cody and then we'll go with Cole. Sure. Yeah. To me, I think it's,
0: you know, having the freedom to do what you please and what you choose in your own direction and just, you know, being autonomous and, you know, just, you know, having that freedom to do X, Y, or Z or, um, you know, especially within the business context of just, you know, no one really telling you what to do, but more so, you know, you have that, um, you know, autonomy to go out and just, you know, be free. I think that's probably it mm. for me.
2: Yeah. So. And just, I mean, I think I echo a lot of Cody's thoughts as well. Um, you know, I, both of us come from a, you know, background where, you know, we work for different companies and starting your own company is a scary thing and, and trying to be an entrepreneur with no real blueprint, but the real success has come through like the journey itself. It's not, Always about like the results. It's you know we feeling like you've learned. You're learning along the way. Is that's what success is to me.
1: Mm. Where did you guys come up with your own definitions of success? Has it been sort of like a gradual thing over time that you've sort of started realizing it along the way, or is there a catalyst moment for for you guys? I think for me personally.
0: Um, just having gone through internships and jobs and, and I went to law school and you know, just being, you know, immersed in different types of environments and then sort of that catalyst jumping off point would be starting our own business. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I really saw sort of that, you know, the freedom to just do as you please and you're in control, you're in the driver's seat and your business is only gonna go as far as you know, you put the time and energy into it.
2: Mm. Yeah. I mean exactly. I <laughs> Cody went the law school route before starting uh, you know, up north and I had the opportunity to do that but decided not to and jump right into the music industry and I'll, I'll get into that later. But that was real success for me is not really listening to the pressures around me and deciding what I was really passionate about and just going for it head on.
1: So we'll dive into that right now. So Cody, you, you mentioned that you wanted to go to law school. Um, or you did go to law school, what was the fascination or the interest behind you actually attending law school? And then out of everything, starting your own business. So tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, sure. So um, born and raised in Toronto, I went to undergrad um, in Los Angeles at University of Southern California. I went to be a biology major, I thought I was going to be a doctor and go to medical school. Um, and that really changed within the first year of me attending school. And I I liked it, but I wasn't fully in, immersed and I wasn't passionate. The passion just wasn't there for me. And I had to really focus and decide on, you know, what are my real interests? And for me, I always loved film and TV and growing up and just really the behind the scenes and the deal making. And I think it's almost like cliche to say now, but the, the TV show Entourage was sort of like this illuminating, you know, show to show, you know, people, you know, for better or for worse, what happens in the entertainment industry behind the scenes. And I was just fascinated with the deal making process. And um, Cole and I come from a family of of lawyers. So there was sort of that uh, inherent pressure to to go towards that path. And, you know, I really didn't know you know, what exactly I wanted to do at that time. And I knew that well, one, a law degree couldn't hurt. And if I were to pursue that track, there could be potential for me to work with um, talent, which is what I've always wanted to do since I sort of had that uh, point uh, in my science career and undergrad where I decided not to do that. Um, and it's working with those creative people, whether it was actors, producers, directors, influencers, whatever it was. Um, and, uh, so yeah, then I went to law school and, uh, just did different internships there throughout undergrad and then law school at movie studios and production companies. And then I worked at a big law firm my last semester at law school. And I, from that point, I just decided that that wasn't for me again, it came down to the passion, the, the real interest level. Was I going to be giving my all to something like this? And I had to be honest with myself and, and I wasn't. Um, but I, you know, I stuck through it. I took the bar exam in California and throughout that whole time, you know, Cole can attest to that. I, I think throughout that three months of uh, studying with my head in my book, um, I used my free time to sort of realize what else is out there. Could I do something in the talent space? Um, and I would, you know, I started Cole comes from the music industry, he'll he'll touch on that. But um, I started sending him little artists that I would find on Spotify and say, hey, like what about this person or about that person? And that was sort of my like intro to trying to like, you know, almost scout talent. And Mm -hmm. I just saw a drive in myself that I hadn't seen before and an interest level that was just beyond anything I had experienced. And I took the bar exam, and about two or three weeks later, even though I was still applying to jobs. I was like, okay, I know what I want to do. I'm working with talent. I just don't know what yet. And right. I had to figure out what areas of the entertainment space I could tap into because for me at that age to go out and start my own uh, shop, I have no clients and no real experience who was going to sign with me. Hmm. And the traditional route is to, you know, go to one of the bigger agencies, spend time in the mail room, work your way up as assistant, junior agent, et cetera. And then you branch off. Um, and that was really for film and TV, and I and I saw a real opportunity in the influencer and YouTube space, especially in gaming. Cole mm-hmm. and I are are huge gamers um, ourselves, and and you know we just saw this whole explosion of esports that sort of the world has seen, I think, in the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. I think we took advantage of the fact that you know a lot of these creators and 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 you know kids um, more or less were getting taken advantage of um, by way of contracts or. Um, you know, just, you know, the money situations, and they didn't know how to market themselves. And, you know, we like to think we're pretty creative, and Mm -hmm. I could help out on the, you know, legal side of things. And, um, you know, I went to Cole uh, with the idea to start a company, we had no name, no clients, no direction whatsoever. And he basically told me to kick rocks. (laughs) <laughs> and that uh, he had zero interest <laughs> in uh, joining up with me to start something. Um, and I did it because of his music background and I'll let him tie into that. But, um, you know, that was really the sort of like realization of, I, I think I know what I want to do now. And I, I found my passion.
1: That's an amazing story, man. I'm curious. Did you actually pass the bar? Yeah, I passed. Yeah. Well done, man. So, well done. That's not an easy thing. Yeah, to yeah. Do. So, yeah, yeah.
0: No, uh, I think the pass rate was... I don't know. It was it's super low, but yeah, very thankful that I that I passed. Uh, it was a long three months to study.
1: I can imagine, man. Like we, I hear about you know people passing the bar and the the amount of work that is involved with actually going and actually passing it. So uh, kudos to you, man. And you. for you, Cole, why did you tell your brother to kick rocks? <laughs> uh, it was well. It was
2: kind of an interesting time. I. That was about a year in after I graduated from undergrad. So my journey is a little bit different. Um, I ended up going to a Canadian university for my first few years. Um, it was It's a, you know, it's a solid university, but um, definitely did not have a path towards what I really wanted to do. Mm. Um, you know, I was kind of, I wasn't just hanging around but I was in like a geography program and I'm looking around like what am I really doing here and this was in my junior year so my third year and I always wanted to work in music I was very passionate about it music and entertainment all together but but really music and when I was starting my third year of university I was doing some research um, on you know what is out there what can I is there a transfer what where can I go And I found out that uh, Syracuse University in New York Mm -hmm. had one of the best music business programs for for undergrads. And I said, you know what, why don't I reach out, see what the program's all about, see if there's even an opportunity there. And I did. And um, they told me that it it wasn't possible to take a transfer student. They've never done it before. It, It would be a whole complicated process but that was really it. And it was a bomber at first, but I stayed you know, super persistent and kept contacting the admissions office. One day I decided to drive out there. It's a four hour drive, so it's not horrible. Uh, I drove out to the university, took a tour, sat down with the, the head of the program and kind of really gave my pitch on why I felt like I needed to, to be there and, and to come and, and transfer. And luckily enough, they decided to to make room for me and um you know it was, it's a 25 person program so i was the 26th and wow. uh yeah it all worked out and i literally had to pack my bags within a two week period move from uh london ontario which is just outside of toronto and, and go down to syracuse i only knew one person there and had to find an apartment meet new people all these things in the middle of like my third year of university and it was a a big big change for me but i knew that it was the right thing to do and i knew that it would lead to a path where i could finally feel like i was working towards something Mm -hmm. so while i was there for two and a half years um the the program kind of covers all facets of the music industry uh quickly learned that I wanted. uh, I well, I was interested in artist management. I just liked that you could be involved in kind of on the talent management side. You could really be involved in all aspects of it. It wasn't like you are restricted to one area. You're kind of in it, and you're the the you're like the mission control, right? Mm -hmm. So you got your booking agent here, your lawyer here, a record label here. You're in the center of it, and I love that aspect of it. Um, So I ended up starting my own company while I was. There, literally, out of my dorm room, and no direction, no mentors, no nothing. Just really passionate in my kind of in uh, to meeting other managers and networking the space was um, social media. I ended up reaching out to over a hundred different managers of artists that I loved, and I basically offered up myself to run the social media channels for those artists, for those producers, whoever it was. I realized social media, like management, wasn't a job that a lot of managers really care to do. It's more of like a, this is annoying and let's just find somebody to take care of it. So I ended up putting myself out there and just offering to be an intern for as many people as possible. And I ended up doing it for a lot of major artists like uh, Ray Schremer, Sway Lee, and a couple other big music producers at the time. That kind of opened myself up to networking. Then I started the company. And this was in the height of like SoundCloud for music discovery. Now it's kind of shifted towards Spotify in terms of finding new artists, but this is when SoundCloud was hot. I ended up finding an artist from Toronto. I, I really, really loved, uh, reached out through Instagram through the DMS and kind of connected from there. And, and shortly a few months after it, it got put on the radar of uh, Drake's team for his record label uh, OVO and, they loved it and they wanted to do something. And a couple months later, he ended up signing a record deal with them. And that was kind of like my first taste to the, the deal-making process, the record label process, all of that. So um, that he ended up, funny enough, he ended up signing the record label deal on the day of my graduation. So it all kind of wow. was this perfect moment. And uh, uh, I know, I'm sorry for rambling, but this was in the, midst of me also going to law school, following in the footsteps of Cody. (laughs) And I had an offer to go to law school at Syracuse with a full ride scholarship. And my parents are pushing me like, come on, like, this is a full ride. We don't want to pay for tuition anymore. Like, what are you thinking? And I said, mom, dad, like I have this artist, this opportunity, Drake, all these things. How could I pass this up? Ended up convincing them that, I would defer my law school acceptance and, and follow that path uh, and follow the entrepreneur path. And I did that. Um, and I still do run that artist management company to this day, but I'll let Cody kind of jump back to how the up north thing all came together.
0: Yeah. I basically just went to him one day and I was like, I start this company, he told me to kick rocks and I spent the next three or four days trying to convince him. And <laughs> we started it out of nowhere, <laughs> like literally just one day, no clients, no nothing couple of cold emails later,
1: it was started. That is honestly insane. I'm Cole. I think I can relate to your story a little bit more uh, than Cody's in the sense that you were persistent. And it was one thing that I've learned. I had a career in real estate last year for about Mm -hmm. seven months. And one of the things that they taught me was, well, I actually learned it myself was basically you got to be persistent to get anywhere. Have to be persistent to make sales and things like that. And I came up with a saying at the beginning of this year, which is be persistent to remain consistent at the things that you want. Because if you're not persistent, then you won't be consistent. Consistency is like the flow on effect of being persistent. And what I'm curious about for you, Cole, is how did you know that what you were doing was the right course of action? Were you going by your gut or... Uh, passion? What was it? Was it for a you? Total gut feeling.
2: Obviously there's, you know, the, the, the people out there, like the Gary V's of the world who are always like, don't <laughs> listen to your parents, do what you want, whatever. And I, I'm not saying I was following that, but, but definitely felt like I needed to just jump and, and make the decision. And in the worst case, if it didn't work out, then it didn't work out and I could fall back on something else, but I would have never known unless I tried. So that's really what happened.
1: I think it's an important principle for people listening to know that you ended up getting what you desired because you were persistent. And that's what I've noticed with doing podcasting, with reaching out to people. They don't know who the hell I am or anything really. And all I do is send emails, just persistently sending emails every single day, just so I can build what I know that I am meant to be doing, which is helping people. And one of the things I'm really appreciative of is you guys being willing and saying, yep, I want to come on here. I want to share my story and I want to help people. And what I want to ask, um, Cody is how in the world did you convince your brother? (laughs) Uh, I mean, you
0: know, Cole and I are gamers and I think we've been, you know, watching YouTube for a long time. We grew up in that demographic and I just basically kept telling him, like, there's just so much money to be made from from a financial perspective. The upside was there. Um, so if you're looking for sort of like career longevity, you know, it's, it's there for stability. And then, you know, all the different opportunities that we were seeing and, you know, watching Drake interact with Ninja and they played Fortnite and Travis Scott was there and Juju. And it's this whole, you know, mixture of culture and entertainment and gaming and sports And to me, I, it it just sort of something, the light bulb just kind of clicked in my head and I was like, we have to do something here. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we can provide a lot of value based on your background and working with talent, my, you know, um, law degree and and the ability to do contracts and negotiations and just us being creative individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, It's tough, but I mean, here we (laughs) go. It was definitely the right call.
1: Yeah, Uh, 100%. Like, but what was the process like with actually starting a business? Cause you mentioned there earlier that you had nothing, you had no clients. So how did you actually get the ball rolling?
0: I think people don't really understand what it takes when you're like starting something and okay. everything from like filing and, you know, getting incorporated or, um, you know, to the accounting process to, you know, we didn't have any clients. So like, who are we talking to? Who are we reaching out to? Um, You know, there's so many things that went into it and we, we went into it, to be honest with you, like pretty blind. But I think, again, it goes back to what you were saying about persistence. And, you know, we would, we're cold emailing YouTubers on their contact emails and no one was responding or like one in 50 would respond. And, you know, then you're starting to sort of, you know, make some brand relationships and like no one cares who we are because we have no talent. We have no backstory. We have, you know, um, no substance to to anything in the business. So it's just really playing on that persistence and consistency to get to that point where, you know, some people know who you are, they know who your talent are and you're developing those relationships with your
1: talent Mm -hmm. itself. I completely know what you mean.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like
1: I've been doing, doing this podcast for almost nine months. And when I first started, it was just friends. And then mm-hmm. I, I reached out to a couple of high profile people uh, via DM. Instagram was an amazing growth period. And then I realized, hang on a minute, I've got to find another Avenue because they, they would look at the message, but they wouldn't actually respond to it. So what if I can send more information in an email? So mm-hmm. I did a lot, of, a lot more research and just like you guys were doing, email, email after email. And I would never, if I got a response, most of the time it would be no. And yeah. the amount of no's that I got or the amount of no replies that I got was absolutely incredible. And, I, you know, you have those days where you think to yourself, is this really what I'm meant to be doing? But then all of a sudden, you get that one yes that you need that sort of builds you and takes you that little step closer and closer to building something incredible. And the amount of that one yes led to over 230-something people that I've spoken to in the last nine months. And it's just continued to growing from there but it's such an important and powerful principle for people to understand that if they want to build a business they've got to be persistent because it's not easy (laughs) especially (laughs) when you're starting from ground zero so i appreciate what you guys are doing and what i want to do is um, touch on the gaming aspect so what i'm always curious about is this making money in in the gaming field how in the world can you make money if you're not famous, I
2: think there's two sides of it. So the terms gaming and esports are often confused. I like to tell people: think of gaming as the overall umbrella, and esports is just one kind of category that falls under it, and it just refers to the the professional competitive side of gaming. Mm. So esports, I mean, a way to make one way to make money for. For one side of it is under esports, and you know, professional players who are very good at the game join different professional organizations that are in uh, you know different leagues, whether that's the Call of Duty League, whether it's Overwatch, uh, League of Legends, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I mean, the the grind is really, really tough for professional players. You know, they have to they literally have practice you know, 12 hours a day staring in front of screens. And the burnout rate is is quite intense. And they deal with a ton of uh, mental health issues, mm. which is an area of, of the industry, which is super unfortunate. And I think it needs more light to be sh- shed on it. But um, you know, they mainly make it off of salaries. And then Depending on the tournaments and and competitions that they're in, there's obviously a grand prize typically, and those could be anywhere from a few thousand dollars to a couple million dollars. So it, it really depends. Um, and then, Cody, if you want to just yeah, start on the sort YouTube of side,
0: YouTuber side, content creators, streamers, um, which is the areas that we focus on. We don't really we aren't really involved in the pro side of things at least of yet. Um, you know, I think for us, we see the value of the entertainer. Um, In a traditional sense, you can identify with them a little more easily just based on watching Twitch or Mm -hmm. um, YouTubers and things like that. Um, There you can make everything from AdSense on YouTube, so ad revenue there, um, sponsorship on top, so traditional influencer marketing across YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, um, whatever social media platforms there are. Um, Some of the games offer incentives for certain level of creators, so Epic and Fortnite, We'll have um, you know codes for the item shop where people can use real money for in-game transactions. Creators get a percentage of those, which a lot of people make a lot of money. You know, there's merchandise. A lot of traditional influencer marketing um, goes into you know the gaming side, but there are many, many, many avenues. Um, from licensing to it, it it's really it's really crazy and it's immense.
1: Um, I think it's fascinating, man. So as as a management group and company, you guys have managed some of the top names in the YouTube space as well. I was having a look at them. And some of those names I have no idea who they are, but I know they're big <laughs> just by like looking at the YouTube page. You know, mm-hmm. millions of views. So when you when you go about managing these kinds of people, what do you guys Look for firstly, um, how do you go about managing them to start off with, and like building a relationship with them, like all that. Are you able to share? I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, um, there's a couple of different factors involved. First and foremost,
2: as cliche as it sounds, it's almost like you got to make sure they have kind of the right energy and right vibe. Um, we're pretty particular on you know who who we want to work with and. Um, I think they just have to have kind of a spark to them. Um, you know, there's a lot of gamers that don't really have the personality to be on screen and hold, you know, a huge audience, but then there's some that really are special and stand out. So we do look for those and have kind of like that on screen persona and, and charisma to it. Um, it's not just about the views. I think it's really about, uh, you know, the content itself and the quality of
0: the content. So that's, you know, super important to us. Um, Engagement. So you would have a million followers and only have 40,000 people watching your videos, but maybe you have 200,000 followers and 200,000 people are, you know, Mm -hmm. watching your content. I think transcendability is a big one for us. So how can you transcend your content off platform? Can you carry a traditional um you know digital series about gaming or something you're passionate about or cooking for for example you know how are your other social media channels how have you dispersed your dispersed your community have you built your community um you know uh do you sort of like uh, this comes to when you actually have conversations with them but sort of what are your interests outside of gaming you know career longevity there, there there is none really like it's such a time where it's the wild west so you have to figure out, you know, what do you want to eventually do? How can you take your content to the next level? That kind of thing.
1: Mm. And how do you guys go about managing your time with them, with the business as well? And and what sort of things that you guys actually do with them in terms of management perspective? Like do you manage uh, their, their um, jobs that they do or... Like for those people that don't really know what a management company is. It's kind
0: of like an all encompassing 360 degree job. That's what we Mm -hmm. like to say. So it's everything from, Hey, I have this content idea I want to make for a video. I'm not really sure how to flesh it out. Can we like have a brainstorming session on like what you think we should do? Um, You know, another thing is like, okay, what's your social media strategy? You know, uh, very few months ago, you know, with the explosion of TikTok, it was like, okay, what are we doing on TikTok? How can we drive an audience there and then take them back to your original channels? It's um, how can we develop, um, you know, consumer products and merch lines for, for creators? Um, you know, obviously the the brand deals and the oversight on sponsorship is, is a big one too, because that's, you know, a lot of the revenue that's coming in. Um, you know, how can we develop content on your channel or off platform, um, you know original IP and, and developing new types of series that stand out that maybe you can sell to a network um, things like that yeah I mean we tell
2: prospective clients all the time that we don't we what we want to do is help them go from thinking of themselves as just a gamer on YouTube making the same old content and how can we really take that and expand it and create them as or, or turn them into, You know, real personalities that, like Cody
0: said, can transcend other platforms and businesses at the same time. So, you know, exploring, um, you know, equity deals for investment opportunities and looking at different startups that want either their money or their involvement sort of as a brand ambassador, you know, those kind of opportunities are more high level, um, but at the same time are are really exciting, you know, for us to get involved with. With our
2: clients. And my favorite thing about the space or working in the space is that you know, I'll compare it to music. Music, it's it's an amazing industry. It's also a very tough industry and there's barriers. There's barriers all over in every part of it. Gaming is so new that we have the ability to try out whatever really we wanna do. And that's what I love about it. It's kind of like Cody said, the wild, wild west in the sense that we wanna go after, you know, a brand that's maybe never worked in this space or we have an idea for content wise we'll just go for it because we have the ability to, there's real, the, I mean, of course there's barriers, but it's a little different working in a, a space that's kind of ever evolving, like, like gaming.
0: You know, like when you control your distribution model, you know, you have the opportunity to reach whoever you want and no one can tell you no, because if you have an audience, they're going to listen to you or watch. Yeah. <laughs> right now, uh, Call of Duty, for sure. I think Call of Duty is sort of taken off with our new Battle Royale mode um,
2: Warzone and Cole and I are playing that pretty yeah, heavily
1: right now. Yeah, I put in at least four,
2: <laughs> maybe
1: four <laughs> to five hours a night. What? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> How do you not get bored? Like what I struggle with is I play Call of Duty. Uh, I think the my favorite Call of Duty was Modern Warfare 2 and okay. the Black Ops one straight after yeah. that. But everything, every other Call of Duty after that, I've I've loathed. I've I just couldn't find the interest. I couldn't find the, I guess, the addiction for it. Whereas for Modern Warfare Two and Black Ops, I mean, especially doing the zombie mode, I could play it for hours with my friends. Every every yeah. other one after that, I've just like I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe the technology aspect of it. Um, how do you how do you play for that long, man? <laughs>
2: I don't know I mean you grab a group of uh, buddies and you kind of just all play together and and shoot the shit and, and it's a lot of fun but yeah I mean I probably play way too much but sometimes so you can't help
1: it. Which, which Call of Duty is this? Is this um the latest one?
2: Yeah this is Modern Warfare.
1: Okay all right okay that makes sense. My my younger brother would know all this stuff more than what I, what I would do. Yeah. Are you guys more of a Assassin's Creed fan too?
2: I did. I used to play it a lot, actually, uh, and then just kind of fizzled out. <laughs>
1: yeah, because I'm I'm a massive Assassin's Creed fan. I finished them all. I can't wait for Valhalla to come out.
2: Yeah, um, it looks great.
1: Yeah, it's either okay. So it's either these two games, um, NBA Two K nineteen
2: mm-hmm.
1: or twenty, or Assassin's Creed. Those are the two games that I've literally yeah. mastered.
0: <laughs> like I'm more of a sports sports gamer guy but this new Call of Duty has yeah it's, a lot it's, it, it's hooked
1: I'll leave it at that <laughs> it's literally hooked you
0: yeah, <laughs> so, yeah he's
1: more of, he's more of a
2: beginner so yeah. he's the one knocking on my door every single night I need to join my squad so we can carry him to yeah. some wins yeah. oh
1: that's funny <laughs> don't worry man I understand completely I'm in the same boat. I'm an amateur. My younger brother, my older brother, they smash me um, when it comes to playing games. But anyway, you you know, you have talents elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's here's another fun question for you guys. Um, What's been, we'll we'll go to Cody and then Cole. What would you say has been the weirdest food combination you've ever tried?
0: Weirdest food combination i ever tried? Maybe you go to call first. I'm not very adventurous. I love food, but I'm not very adventurous with fish. <laughs> I'm like kind of a baby eater. Wow.
2: That is a tough one. I for the last three years I stopped eating meat. So now I'm trying to think of everything I ate before that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I try it. It's weird. I mean, I've tried bugs. Like,
1: yeah. Oh
2: like, no. Everything yeah. from like beetles to To crickets, I mean, honestly, some roasted crickets with like salt and lime on them—you would never know. Like it's great. great.
1: Oh, Oh. yeah.
2: (laughs) That might be the future of protein too.
1: Yeah, I was, I was researching that as well. Like they're saying, there's massive plantations with them just growing bugs, and I'm like, yeah, no, thanks, no, I'm, I'm okay. (laughs) Like, can you imagine, like. Bug butters and all that. Chad? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy. How about for you, man? Like for,
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll say the bugs, the bugs probably. Yeah, I've tried a, I've
2: tried a, uh, a pasta bolognese sauce, but instead of meat, it was crickets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how did you, how did you get on to like stopping eating meat and, and basically doing like, I guess a vegetarian or. Is yeah. It so butter? I'm,
2: so I'm, I'm a pescatarian, so I still eat seafood uh, from yep. time to time. But I actually, it all started as a bet with a friend three years ago. We were both like, who can lose the most weight in 30 days? Let's stop eating meat. And uh, he ended up backing out after two days. And I <laughs> kept it for the 30 days. And uh, after that, I just kind of kept it. And, and I think I got a little bit into the, uh, ethical side of it all and, and learning about the meat industry and just kind of got turned off from there but
1: have you noticed a, a, big, a big difference with your mentality as well like your mindset like is it more focused yeah,
2: yeah I, I felt so i mean i lost a ton of weight right away and just had a, a lot of uh, you know, other kinds of energy that it just i just my body felt cleaner so i just kept it up
1: do you still eat donuts you still eat all that good stuff as well <laughs> try not to, but from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you come, like I was saying to you guys earlier, if you come to Sydney, Australia, um, I I know pretty much a lot of people in the hospitality realm. And there's, mm-hmm. have you ever had New York style thick cookies? I don't
2: know. Like what kind? They're like like, well, like any it?
1: any flavor you can think of. Like there's these these massive like thick style cookies. Um, that one of my friends makes, and they are insane, man. Like, the, I, I'm a huge cookie and donut guy. So yeah, yeah. we'll get along.
2: We'll get along really well. There, oh, yeah. there was one place in New York I was at. Louvain? Yeah, Louvain in New York. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, like think I, of I think I've heard yeah. of that
1: place. I think I've heard of it. Like, any sort of pastry, uh, yeah. donut, cookie, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but, um, Here's here's another question for you. What's your favorite film? Your favorite actor? And the last movie that you watched? I
0: always film is always harder for me than TV. Like TV, I could tell you TV Mm -hmm. show wise. Film film for me is always really difficult. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, Cole's more of like a film nut than I am. Yeah, I'm a massive yeah. Yeah, TV yeah. shows, I'll tell you. It's like Entourage and the Office are my two favorite shows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well <done>. <laughs> Yeah. How
0: <laughs>
1: about for you, Carl? What's your favorite film?
2: Favorite movie is Goodfellas. I'm oh, a cool. big Mark <laughs> Scorsese fan. Um, and that's my favorite of his. And just, I think it's my favorite movie ever. Um, I have a lot. Uh, favorite actor? I feel like it's got to be like. Daniel Day Lewis or like mm-hmm. Christian Bale, yeah, yeah,
1: that it's yeah. it's a hard it.
2: yeah. Uh, I mean. Last last movie that I watched was actually an Australian movie called. There's a new one called Relic. It's a horror movie, mm. um, but it's an amazing, amazing movie. It's got. I think it almost has like a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes. It's getting a lot of buzz. You should check it out. Um, but it, it was amazing.
1: Is that a, that movie just came out, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I've heard about it. I think I might know who the director is. Um, But yeah, I'll add it to my ever-growing list. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm not not too much of a horror fan, to be honest with you. Like my uncle is in the film industry. He makes a lot of horror movies, like Cut, Silk, all the old ones as well, even the newer Mm. one. I remember when I was growing up, um, he traumatized me because he made me watch this one uh, movie called Red Ink that he made, and basically <laughs> the premise is a guy steal or kidnaps all these people and makes them work, um, and mm-hmm. then if they they get, I think it's five marks or three marks on their on their head, he actually has a hook and he cuts it in, and then oh, if, yeah. they, if they do the wrong thing, he cuts off their heads. And it's oh like actually soaring with each okay. book. And it, oh, it got me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was I was quite young too when I saw that. But yeah, I've never been too much of a horror horror fan. But anyway, my, my last two questions for you guys is, is a bit more serious one. This is my legacy question <laughs> that I have to ask everyone at the end. So you've been able to reach the age of 100 and your friends have put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how they got it. They just did, we'll call it magic. Um, And they've shown it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want their film to say in a show about your life?
0: Um, I think for me, you know, just providing a lot of value to, to other people, like, you know, fortunate enough in my position to be able to give back um to less fortunate people, or you know from the business standpoint, or pushing someone to you know try and, and go for a dream or a goal that maybe you know they wouldn't have in the first place um I'm really trying to help people, I think that's why we are you know a lot of it is sort of pushing us to to our ends of just You know, we were, you know, those types of individuals where we could have gone a different, more traditional, safer path. Um, And I think, you know, be able to take risks and be influential on others and give them tools or provide them with, you know, someone to talk to or, um, you know, that's just from a business perspective, but also, you know, just giving back to people that are less fortunate and, um, Cole and I are like extremely involved in charity work and philanthropy and that's something that's very very important to us um, as individuals and as well as uh, at Up North so I would say just you know providing different types of values to individuals uh, in a positive way. Yeah um, and just to
2: piggyback off of that we get the most like joy out of knowing that we helped somebody get towards their goal and achieve it and I mean it's happened uh, over the course of the last two years for up north, just seeing different clients of ours and being able to help them get to that level that they wanted to achieve. Whether that was reaching a million subscribers, whether that was working with a brand that they've always wanted to work with, or you know, introducing them to uh, you know a celebrity they look up to, whatever it is, um, being able to do that and helping others, I think that's what means the most. And and to answer your question, looking back on that, that's what I think that, you know, I would want to look back
0: on it as Mm -hmm. leaving the mark on. Yeah. The the most rewarding part for me in in the job, and I'll speak to this as well is getting a thank you text from your client to help to say that, you know, you know, we've had clients literally tell us like you've changed my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like a very powerful, you know, thing to hear and, and to be on a journey with someone and to go to battle for them and with them every single day and in the trenches and, you know, seeing a light at the end of the tunnel um, you know, along the way, and, and just evaluating it 's all about the process and, um, and that 's how we tell people and, and hearing that from them makes everything worth it, yeah, um, especially knowing that we went into this
2: with absolutely no plan i 'm twenty five cody 's twenty seven we have so much like life ahead of us, mm-hmm. and knowing that we were able to accomplish that so far and knowing that we have a lot to do moving forward that that 's very, very exciting
1: for us. Mm-hmm. We're almost in the same age bracket, man. I'm twenty-four on Saturday. So oh, um, really, yeah. thanks, guys. <laughs> Like it's yeah. Incredible to see what you guys have been able to achieve in such a, I guess, a short period of time. And you're still going. And where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Ask for help, reach out, that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Um, so on our socials, it's at up north, M-G, M-G. Yep. Um our website is um up north, Um you can find this is Cody um at C O D Y H O C K on Instagram. Mine is on Instagram, it's
2: cole underscore H O C K. Twitter at
0: upnorthcole. I think my Twitter is at C O D Y underscore H O C K.
1: Awesome, guys. I'll make sure that's all in the show notes below. Thank you both for sharing your story today and for coming on the Storybox podcast. You guys are doing amazing things. And I guess my last question for you is what's next for you guys? What's next for Up North?
0: Just building, building, building. We have uh, a lot of exciting announcements coming up in the next couple of weeks that uh, we're really proud of and, um, you know, just going, uh, finishing out the year really strong and, you know, continuing uh,
1: to make things happen. Can't wait, man. Can't wait to see. I don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now By searching up the story box on any podcast platform, it's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same
0: flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby.